Hello everyone, welcome back to Plus Added Time. My name, as always, and very inconsistently, is Nathan. And with me is the Tottenham of podcasting partners. Always <laughs> there, but also not at the same time. It's Dara. Cheers. <laughs> yes, That's I don't right. know what to... Don't know what to well, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm, um, I, I think this is the first week, Nathan, I haven't worn a, a football jersey that predates... Um, uh, my lifetime, I suppose. I've, yeah. I've, I've gone for a simple, um, a simple luminous top, which makes me look a bit like a highlighter pen. But uh, it's, a, it's an Under Armour top, it looks like. It, it is good spot. Good Fancy. Yeah. To be fair, it does look like a sort of Spurs away kit from about 2014. Yeah, and it? it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's Under yep. It was on sale in JD Sports. Yeah, every, all those things. Uh, I've gone for the white United away kit. Um, couldn't tell you the year off the top of my head, really. Weirdly, I think I, I think it's thirteen fourteen. I for some reason I'm thinking of Falcao wearing it. Does it have Chevrolet? Oh, so that might be fourteen fifteen then. Yeah, it's a Chevrolet one. Yeah, I think it's fourteen fifteen. Thirteen fourteen. You had the you still had I think Aeon because you had the same home shirt. I know that much. Oh yeah. For twelve thirteen and thirteen fourteen. I think you're right. Fourteen fifteen. Here's a surprise. A quick, quick bit of googling. Uh, quick bit of googling. I'm pretty sure Van Persie wore this one as well. So, um, oh, I think we might both be wrong. Ooh. Or it's the third kit, maybe. Ooh. Oh, it's, oh it's, dear. Because it's, it's, um, it's come up, it's come up with a load of blue shirts, but same um, style. So maybe this is the third kit. Is that the one you wore? It, 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 you know, when no, Massa the, the. This is the away kit. Uh, there's a blue and red third kit. Yeah. Okay, we're right. Phew. Whew. I thought we were going to be wrong for a second. And we're out of time this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First person that comes up with Google Images when you type in Man United 1415 kit is uh, is. Anders, Anders, it's, uh, it's Danny Welbeck. Okay. Okay. Strange. He Strange. he left on that deadline day, didn't he? He did. Van Hal sold him to to Arsenal. I was devastated at the time, and <laughs> three months later, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. Did he score? Um, did he knock you out of the FA Cup one of the years? Yes, yes, he, he did. He scored at Old Trafford, I seem to remember. Yeah. Yeah, in his only appearance in an Arsenal shirt. <laughs> he only played two matches. That one and the Leicester match at home when Arsenal won the league in February. The the next picture is from Manchester Evening News. It's the kit reveal, and the three players they went for are Robin van Persie, Wayne Rooney. And Shinji Kagawa. Who <laughs> didn't last too long yeah. in that kit. Yeah. That was Van Hal's first season. I think, didn't he, he, he must have gone on loan in January to Borussia Dortmund. He could have left that, that like, before the end of the transfer window, because they're usually done in, like, July, aren't they? The kit launches June and July. This is true. Then we've got Darren <laughs> Fletcher pointing. Uh, but At anything in particular? Or? No, it cut the image off. Uh, and not too long down the line, we got Adnan Janazai. Oh, Janazaj. <laughs> Janazaj. Having I've a stellar been, career at Real Sociedad now. Yeah, it's, as boring as this point is going to sound. I always, one thing I do like about the kit launches is that you sometimes see players and kits that they never go on to wear uh, because they usually try and get the biggest names in the kits to try and sell them while they can. So I always remember Suarez in the 14 15 jersey that the club knew he was never going to wear. But um, he was still marked it in anyways. Same with calendars. If you ever buy the calendar in yeah. 
January if there's a player that's not um, rumored to be leaving. Interesting actually on this year's Liverpool calendar, Mo Salah's not on the like the front page. Curious, they know. There's something that they know. Mm, very strange. Uh, uh, well, that actually brings us on to something topical rather than the Man United kit reveal from 2015. <laughs> Uh, Mo Salah, he, he hasn't signed a new contract. Apparently, Liverpool won't pay the wages that he wants. But uh, Klopp says it's fine. Mo says it's fine. And the club go, it's not. <laughs> um, uh, how, how are you feeling right now? Are you stressed? Uh, oh, well, considering there's 18 whole months left on the contract, I am I'm stressing, baby. Are no, you going to let I, him leave? Is the, your club well, I'm, owners, I'm there you do go. you think your owners would let him leave for free, though? No. <laughs> so he that never if, signs or he's gone this summer. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, they'd be stupid to let him go for for free. And if they're not going to pay the wages, then you have to get rid, don't you? That's just how it how it works. But um, I can't see a world in which he doesn't sign or re- resign. Not a whole. I've got I've got a prospect for you, and I know I don't I don't want this to end up like a, a Mkhitaryan Sanchez situation. But uh, look, right. you've got too many Mo Salas, and we've got. Sorry. Too many Anthony Martial's. Let's, uh, Where, let, what, what, what does that mean? Those, let's help, let's help each other sentence. out. Straight swap. <laughs> Martial and no money for Mo Salah. That thing's fair to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. only one of them has a Ballon d'Or clause in their contract. Okay. Only one of them is on 250 grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the two of them are, are they? How much is Martial on? I think it's about 200 grand a week, which is why oh, um, right, okay. the Sevilla deal collapsed because they wouldn't pay half his wages because he's on stupid money considering he's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I just, I mean, he's not, he's rubbish in every game that isn't against Man City. Yeah, there, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But uh, yeah, I don't know, from the outside looking in, how do, you, do you think there's any chance of Salah leaving? No, I think he'll sign. I think the club, the club will cave. The trouble the club will have. Well, it, it depends what your what your book. Not to get boring and sound like an accountant, but if Mo Salah gets his new contract, then Van Dyke, Firmino, Mane, Trent, Robertson, Allenson are all going to turn around and go, "Well, hang on, why is he now on?" Let's say to say three hundred grand a week. I've got no idea. He's now on three hundred grand a week. We're as big a part of this team as John w. he says, because he's the best player in the world. Yeah, and <laughs> then go. Allison goes, but I'm the second best keeper in the world after David De Gea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird uh, quote for uh, Allison to say. Um, uh, yeah, I, and I think well, first of all, I think Mane, weight structure. Mane needs to be got rid of. Um, <laughs> I, I can't see a world in which he resigns for anything more than he's already on because. It's, it, it's, I mean, the decline has been setting in for a long, long time. I feel ever since we won the league, it's been a, not even a gradual. He was absolutely abysmal at uh, times of last season. And he has tendencies to go on really long goal droughts, which for who is essentially a striker in the team uh, is not, not not a good look. As for Firmino, I'd say he'll probably, I think Klopp will keep him around regardless. I think, again, I've always wanted to see him dropped into more of a number eight. I'd like to see that happen at some point. Um, and then get you know an actual goal scoring striker, but uh, you know we can hope. You can. We said it last summer that it was going to be a big summer for Liverpool, and then it wasn't. But surely <laughs> this summer. I've been saying this for years. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since you won the league, it's kind of well, it's one of those weird things in football where you every summer you think, oh, every club needs a rebuild. Like let's not. No club can possibly keep the same squad, but Liverpool and Man United are stubborn. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> They're like, no, he's our Jesse Lingard. <laughs> like, if, yeah, it feels like we've had the same start eleven since um, the year we went to Kiev against Madrid in the final. And I, I'd say it must be a good seven at least of those players are still in the, like, still starting. Never mind in the squad. Yeah, I mean, we had pieces every now and then, but it's pretty much the same eleven. Like, it's goalkeeper, it's De Gea, Shaw, someone next to Maguire. Wambasaka, <laughs> McFred, Bruno, Rashford, a striker that we spend too much money on, and then some rando on the right. <laughs> yeah, the striker has to be like 35 plus as well. Igalo, Cavani, <laughs> Ronaldo. <laughs> well, to be fair to Cavani, he plays like he's about 21. <laughs> he doesn't, guy doesn't stop running. One one thing I was interested to find out this week actually was that um, in the fourteen fifteen season, I probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about the kit, mm. but that summer United spent the most amount of money that any club had ever spent before, which doesn't sound right at all, but uh, up well, until that stage. I feel like this is your quiz <laughs> that you told me about beforehand. It is, it is. Am yeah. I about to say the name Marcus Rojo? <laughs> ding 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 um right well you've mentioned the quiz so i think we'll go into it um your quiz this week mr nathan is i'm going to name it's going to name out a statement um all of which there's more than one correct answer you just have to give me one of the correct answers do you understand is this part of the quiz because <laughs> and you passed yes <laughs> if i was to say name um a player from the Manchester United 14-15 squad, you would say? Ooh, which one shall I say? Oh, you know, we've mentioned him once, let's mention him again, uh, Adnan Janazai. Mm. Beautiful, a beautiful answer. So I'm just going to name out a statement and you have to give me a correct answer which applies to it. Are you ready? Uh, I'm more than ready. Ooh, this is exciting. Okay, <laughs> three. <laughs> Don't know why I sounded so sarcastic. Okay, three, two, one. Name a Premier League winning club. Manchester United. These answers. Uh, a player with 500 or more Premier League appearances. Uh, Gareth Barry. A player who has scored 150 or more Premier League goals. Ooh, Alan Shearer. Safe, man, safe. Uh, a player who has won the Premier League with two different clubs. Ingolo Kante. They're signed by a Premier League club for 70 million plus. Say that again, you cut out the start, sorry. Sorry, a player signed by a Premier League club for 70 million plus. Well, I'm going to give you a tough one on your spelling front. Kepa. But I want you to write his full name. Kepa, too late. (laughs) Uh, A club who have finished in the top four, but have not won the Premier League. Newcastle. Club who have spent one season in the Premier League. Only one? Yeah. That's a really good question. There's two that come to mind instantly. No, three I've got. I've got all three of them. Um, oh, Brentford. Oh, they've not actually spent a full season in, have they? They haven't yet. Oh, let's do it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> All right, move on. Okay, pass. A club who have been relegated from the Premier League three or more times. Uh, Watford. Every other year uh, for about 30 years. <laughs> a club who are founder members of the Football League and the Premier League. I only know one of them off the top of my head. Everton. I would have went with um, an official sponsor of the Premier League. An official sponsor of the Premier League? Uh, yep. What other sponsors at the minute? There is 
it's just the Premier League now. Yeah, it's just the Premier League. I don't know, I presume Barclays is some way. Good one, good one. A referee who officiated in the Premier League for 10 or more years. Surely Mike Dean. It's been around since the beginning of time, I think. <laughs> a Premier League winning manager. Uh, Claudio Ranieri. A manager who has managed four or more teams in the Premier League. Sam Allardyce. That's a good one. Um, a winner of the Premier League Golden Boot twice or more. Harry Kane. Premier ground with a capacity of 40,000 plus. Old Trafford. You'll say that. A club, and your final one, a club who won the top flight before 1992, but have not played in the Premier League. <laughs> There's only one answer. That's a really good question. Mm. Um, that have won the top flight, but never played the Premier League. I'm going yep. Notts County. You are incorrect. Ah. Do you want the answer? Or do you want one more guess? Oh, I'll take one more guess, but I'm gonna really think about it. <clears throat> Preston? Oh, he's gone for Preston. Ding ding ding. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know why my sign was the two thumbs up, but uh, <laughs> how did I have that? You did good. You did good. I feel like I got um, one wrong, but I can't remember which one it was. Which one was it? A club who spent one season yeah. in the Premier League. All right, let's Could go. Have back. Black- oh, go on, you go. Do you want me to just give you the three answers? Well, I think you were about to say Blackpool. I was. Yeah. I can't think of any others. I don't know why. It's not coming to my head. Go so on. You could have heard Swindon Town, 93-94. Or Barnsley, 97-98. Oh, Barnsley. That was a good quiz. I like that. There you go. That was a lot Quick better fire. than naming Van House signings. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, that could be next week. That's us. I tried not to just year, give Man United answers. Yeah, you yeah. did. You did. You did good. I would have had, you know, a Premier League winning team, Liverpool, at long last. Um, Slips my mind for some reason. <laughs> you know what's going to be weird? Is that, um, one thing I don't ever want to happen is, and this is not because I don't like the club, I just feel like the world might break because obviously Liverpool were on their way to the title and then this pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. But not just winning the league, because I want to keep my fears realistic. Um, Just winning a trophy. Because I was worried that they were going to walk the conference league. But that turned out to be fine. (laughs) So any time they play a semi-final, I'm like, God, they're actually going to win a title. They're actually going to win a trophy. Partly, I do think if they win a trophy, we won't sign Harry Kane. Right. Which I feel like it could happen this summer if... Uh, City, because it feels like City are going to sign Haaland, probably. Do you remember uh, over the summer when it was like it was uh, City to sign Grealish and Kane, and it was like a done deal? Yeah, and it just never, never came to fruition. Yeah, despite Pep telling us that they're too, they're too skint to sign a striker. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a pandemic. But really, what he's doing is he's actually going, look, we don't need a striker. Let's try and give these guys a chance. <laughs> we'll, sell, we'll sell Ferran Torres to Barcelona. We don't need him. Oh, yeah, up until I think it was up until they sold Sané, their like most expensive departure was Kelechi Iheanacho to uh, to Leicester. So it's interesting how they they never sell never sell the top players, the players that they want uh, to keep. They don't sell. They're good at letting people go when they don't want to. Like Ferran Torres, I don't know if you'd call him that. He was their top player for about two weeks. 
and then he then he left and then they got in on that sweet sweet barcelona bank loan money <laughs> uh, but yeah i guess it's kind of just when they're done with them like david silver it was like well foden's ready now so cheers yeah. dave <laughs> <laughs> thanks for everything like, yeah de bruyne who's not going to leave for big money aguero didn't company didn't uh joe hart if you want they were also the they were sort of the core of the um the 2012 title team, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, so. I think you're kind of the same. I don't think any of you lot, will, your title winning squad are going to leave for big money. Like Van Dijk's not going to go anywhere, but he's no. he must be 30 now anyway. Alisson, it kind of seems like he's your goalie for the next 10 years. So Trent and Robin and uh, Robertson are never going to leave. I right, Robin had a retirement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm probably never going to leave. You'd be, well... Trent, I think, is more than Ro- than Robertson. Yeah, I sort of. Um, I if Real Madrid, I... uh, he he smacks of Real Madrid spending stupid money. It's, there's something about him. <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, yeah, because it's sort of the first time in the Premier League era where it feels like we're in a position where we can't hold on to our good players, isn't it? Not just selling, you know. It was like Mascherano, Torres, Suarez, Coutinho, uh, Alonso. Uh, even like uh, someone like Arbeloa, do you know what I mean? We couldn't keep Alvaro Arbeloa happy, so um, makes a change, makes a change. I look forward to seeing how this squad sort of develops over time, who he keeps and who he lets go. What do you think of Jamie Carragher wrote a column the other, I think, probably about a week ago, where he's talking about trophies and how it's despite the Liverpool side having the two biggest trophies you can get, well, three if you include the Club World Cup, which I don't, <laughs> or, or, or the Super Cup. Yeah, Super Cups are not massive, trophies. We've covered this. Massive trophies. <laughs> They're not trophies. They're friendlies with a reward. <laughs> um, but So you've only got two major trophies, which seems, well, his argument was, it's low for how good this squad is. If the squad starts sort of being disbanded, and let's hypothetically say Klopp leaves in 2024, and you've still only got two trophies, the Premier League and the Champions League, it, 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 do you put an asterisk next to kind of the 10 years that Klopp was there? What do you mean, put an asterisk? Well, you kind of go, yeah, it was one of the most successful times in the club history, but you actually won less trophies. Um. So what, does it like sort of diminish the work that Klopp done? Is that what you're getting at? I think that's the point that he was making, because his point was that Liverpool need to be a bit more like Chelsea, in that Chelsea loved the Cups. Like, no matter how bad the Chelsea squad has been over the last 10 years, which at times it's been really crap, they yeah. still always seem to lift something. Whereas Liverpool, with all the richest and world-class players that, you, that you've got, Klopp still only has two trophies to his name. Yeah. OK, well, I think when he first came in, I think there would have been a priority on winning that league title, wasn't it? It was sort of, uh, that's the one you have to win. And I think, first of all, no matter what, because he's the manager who won Liverpool's first Premier League, that'll never be forgotten. And no matter what, he'll always be spoke regarded highly by everyone, I think. But I think now that he sort of has won the two big ones, he can sort of let his hair down a bit more. And he doesn't have to put all his sort of eggs into the one basket of winning that major trophy uh, every season. Um, so I think, you know, I'd, I'd be more than happy with, like, I don't know what, like a League Cup a good run in the FA Cup and say like a decent title challenge um, and an, again a good run in the Champions League I'd like to go as far as possible in all of them and I just, just kind of want I suppose yeah I just kind of want to win a trophy of some description um, obviously you'd good. rather 
yeah, you'd rather be a big one, but I'm not. Do you know what I mean? I've been starved for fucking for trophies in my <laughs> Liverpool supporting career. Um, I joined at the worst time. Uh, and it would be a bit weird good. to look back if if Klopp does leave in 2024. He would have been there what eight seasons? Uh, what is this? Eight full seasons, I think, but nine. He took yeah, over in October. So eight and a half seasons. It would be quite weird to look back and go, oh, wow, I can't believe Klopp's time at Liverpool's over. And you, in the history books, you kind of look back and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, sort of, I, I think, um, obviously, you know, the team he's come up against is probably the most, what's the word, the most sort of depth-filled sort of yeah. squad in the history of football. So it's hard to sort of compete with all these competitions where they can afford to rest so many players and how... Again, you know, their two sort of 11s could arguably make top four. I'm not of the belief that they'd both win the Premier League, but I think the two of them would handily make uh, a decent a decent run at top four. So um, I, I think it'll be defined as the clock Guardiola era. That's what I think, no matter what, already. So if he manages to add anything else, I'd be I'd be happy with that. I don't think people are going to look back and go, that was the, the Ollie <laughs> the Oli era. The Arteta era. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lampard era as well. I think I think Klopp needs to win one more to make it the Klopp Guardiola era. I think the difficulty he's got is that people look back, you'd be like, oh, it's the Pep Guardiola era. You're like, oh, Pep won one. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> I think, yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> I think as well, to be fair, the season we did win the Champions League, we did get 98 points in the Premier League which would have won us every single season except for that season and the season before. I know that's easy to say now that we didn't win it, but I think that's still, um, not that it deserves another title beside it, but you have to take that into context as well. Yeah, sometimes I think it's like, yeah, but it's not quite as bad as losing it on goal difference, but it's still, hey. it's something, isn't it? <laughs> I just, you know what, I just want to go to Wembley. Um, well, not personally, I won't be going to Wembley myself, but um, we haven't Wembley since 2006. 16, I think, when we lost to City in the was it the Capital One Cup at that stage. We're going with it. Um, so yeah, it'd just be nice to see the team at Wembley um, and not playing Tottenham away. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be lovely to play Tottenham away. <laughs> <laughs> Said every team up until about 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what else has happened? I went to a game. Dish, dish, dish. I did, I did. I went, to, I went to the home game against Crystal Palace a long time ago now. It, it I don't like even remember it. <laughs> Fred scored a worldie. Oh, uh, jeez. Right. I think it must have been like Rangnick's first game in charge. Right. Uh, I don't think it was his first game, actually, but it was one of his first. And it was, it was a turgid display, really dominated by, by the midfield. Kind of cancelled each other out. And then everyone will remember Fred on his right foot. Uh, just popped one in the top corner in like the 70th minute. It was great. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was nice to be back. Been a long time. I showed my little vaccine pass and the thing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. How, like, how Don't rugby that... tackle me. Uh, <laughs> you went. I'm an anti-vaxer. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you still got in. So well, well done. Well done. <laughs> what was this? Um, did you go to like the go to like the pub beforehand, or did you just kind of rock up to the stadium? No, I went to the pub. I went to the pub. I just went to the spoons beforehand. Oh, okay, right. I, actually, yeah. Yeah, I've never been <laughs> to the surrounding areas of Old Trafford, so I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, it was nice. Um, it was nice to see. It was good to see uh, Ronaldo again. 
in 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 the flesh. So he played the whole game. Couldn't oh. name you one thing he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't great. To be fair, it was a rubbish game. It was actually really, it was a pretty rubbish game. Um, I uh, um, sorry, I have to mention this at least once a week, but I did go to the Ireland Portugal match, <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself. I don't know if you were the same, just kind of watching Ronaldo for the full match, just like like thinking he's going to score at some point, so I need to just keep watching him to see what he's doing before he does it. Yeah, but um. The highlight for me was him getting bossed by Seamus Coleman. That was highlight of the match for me, hands down. All right. I, I found myself, yeah, obviously, to start with, you you were kind of, I was I was watching him a little bit because obviously it's, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, yeah. <laughs> like why yeah, would you yeah. not? As the game went on, I found myself getting more and more annoyed watching uh, McFred. <laughs> and I actually found myself quite fascinated a little bit watching Conor Gallagher. Okay. Now, for those who have been keeping up with the Premier League this season, Conor Gallagher has come out of nowhere on loan from Chelsea in Palace's midfield and has just become perhaps the best player in the history of world football. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's he's had an unbelievable season. He was uh, at, uh, was he at West Brom last season, I believe? Yeah, yeah. So he's absolutely great. You'll be um, quite happy to hear I got to, uh, Nathaniel Klein, got to watch him play. And oh, he was wow. he was terrible. <laughs> like, I completely really forgot he was even at Palace. I thought he was still at Bournemouth. <laughs> he was up against um he was up against Rashford for most of the game. And Rashford had him on toast. Um oh. so obviously that he gave him a rest and bought on our our young our youngster Anthony Alanga and right. he had him on a second slice of toast. Yeah. <laughs> so he was really sandwiched. Second one. Yeah. <laughs> he was really sandwiched between the United Academy. Yeah, yeah. I used to I, I still stand by. I think Klein was one of the best sort of like defensive fullbacks I've seen at Liverpool. It's just going forward, he offered absolutely nothing. Um I, I liked to compare him about two years ago to Aaron Wambasaka. Uh but um, that's sort of petering out the more They're about the same now the more time goes on <laughs> i mean at the minute yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh wambasaka's fallen off a cliff um he just cannot he can't attack just, which is exactly what you were just saying about uh, yeah. like he and he's just not really it doesn't seem to be improving whereas he was last season you could kind of see he was getting better he was getting into positions he was getting the ball in the box but that seems to have gone but dallo has kind of just taken over that right back position now under rangnick because he's just got so much more energy. And obviously Rangnick wants everyone to press, yeah. which is hard to do when the entire squad is terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> apart from a few. Uh, but yeah, we did We did beat Villa. It sounds like we've lost loads of games when we talk. Yeah. But we've only lost one. <laughs> so, yeah. Could you imagine if we supported a team who actually like lost games? If we supported a bottom half team? <laughs> that's that's what we always sound I think like. somehow... I actually feel like life would be slightly more joyful because your expectations would be so much less. <laughs> like, yeah. If you like, supported Norwich right now, you're just having a laugh in the Premier League. Like they're and a cry. They're objectively terrible, but did they expect to stay up? Probably not. Like no. yeah. You, when you've got no expectations, football would be more fun, whereas instead we've got expectations. Like one club meets them. And uh, the other club, despite winning and drawing most of the time, you still sat there like, God, we suck. <laughs> I, yeah, I always find it so fascinating of, um, for instance, coming, <clears throat> finishing second, you know, like Ollie did last season 
and it was still somehow considered a bad season. Like I know he wasn't, he didn't challenge for the title and all that. But when did finishing second become a bad thing? Or Vangal won the FA Cup and got sacked. Stuff like that, I find ridiculous. It is stupid, and it's it's the banner that we, the, our fans now have brought out at Old Trafford that just has standards on it. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think it's more, I genuinely think it's more the off-field stuff than the on-field stuff. Like, sometimes we play rubbish, but all teams sometimes play crap. Like, it, it's like we were terrible against Villa, but we won. Like, yeah. <laughs> we won and kept a clean sheet, which is kind of amazing if you were watching the game. Uh, but we're very fortunate that Rafael Varane is great um, now that he's back in the squad. And David De Gea is somehow five years <laughs> he's put himself yeah. in a time machine. <laughs> I feel really bad for Dean Henderson because there was that time last season where people were like Henderson should be our number one, Henderson should be our number one, and then he got injured for a bit. So the hair came back in, and since then David Hare has been irreplaceable. <laughs> Do you remember about like this time a year ago? I don't know where I pulled this from, but I remember you lost at home to Sheffield United. Does that seem really weird now? <laughs> um. Yeah, isn't that New Year's Day? It was January, I know that much. Yeah, it was, I think New Year's Day springs to mind, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, we did. We lost to Sheffield, Sheffield United in our middle of the championship, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But, um, but, but yeah, um, what was I getting to? Yeah, when you sort of support sort of a big six team, whatever you want to call them, I don't know when it turned from every match we have to win or else there's an uproar on social media within the fans like it used to be don't lose if you don't lose that's usually a good result but i suppose the way modern football is the amount of points you need to win a league is crazy i think draw is a catastrophe i think we've also become this we're obviously man united being what they are and being in a slightly rocket rocky phase we're also very easy to targets for just making up crap to to get clicks on newspaper stuff like after after the game that we lost against, who did we even lose to? We lost one nil to someone. Wolves, and it was yes. suddenly like, oh, seventeen players are about to walk out. Ronaldo's called his agent and is on a jet. Like Fred is all that's left. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and but then even every single day there's a new article out about how oh Rangnick can't get the players. The staff he's brought in are terrible. Everyone sucks like old Trafford's on fire like it's just all this stuff and obviously most of it is because you slap Man United on a on a newspaper article and people are going to click on it without even reading what it says yeah like, they're still so, the most um what the most sort of searched for club in the league isn't it something like that has to be yeah I, yeah like by some distance as well I believe I think it's Man United and second is who is Ralph Rangnick <laughs> and third is West Ham like <laughs> um, so yeah it, it's it's funny but you know what we'll probably beat Villa again this weekend because we've got to play him again this time away um, on, Stevie. we're just gonna we're gonna get Ander Herrera on loan just for this game <laughs> <laughs> get Gerard sent off yeah <laughs> that'd be hilarious <laughs> if Gerard got sent off on the touchline I'd love that it was inevitable that we were going to win because we were playing Villa. As the game went on after we scored, you could just see him getting more and more furious. And weirdly, that made me more and more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there's if there's one match he wants to win, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's going to be... It's no, well, Goodison and it's Anfield. 
typical United, we're going to do exactly what we did against West Ham, which is we're going to um, lose one and win one. So we'll probably lose this weekend because we beat West Ham in the league earlier this season and then immediately yeah. got knocked out of the cup by them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark Noble with the winning goal for United. <laughs> Good old Mark Missed Noble. Mark Noble's going to say West Ham to the Champions League and then retire a god. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. That's They're still in the Europa League as well. Off. Can you That's imagine if Mark Noble gets West Ham top four and wins the Europa League before retiring? I think it would be the greatest retirement in football history. Yeah, uh, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, so I'm going to agree with you on that. Well, Cantona decided to retire after he was done with United. So. That was that's always a weird one. Yeah, he was in the pubs. He was something like 31 or 32 as well, wasn't he? He was really, he was young enough. I don't think he, I just don't think he really cared like, yeah. about football anymore. He did what he wanted to do. Uh, he was an actor, wasn't he? He's in a few films, anyways. Yeah, he does a lot of French TV. Like, I'm he, sure he just chills all his life and drinks wine and occasionally comments on United. <laughs> he he also played for the the like French beach football team. I remember that. I've well, I, I seen that on his Wikipedia before. I didn't. I've never looked into it. <laughs> we should yeah. find that and be in depth. See if there's a um a Premier League years French beach football edition. <laughs> that would be amazing. I've seen some weird stuff on the internet, so uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what else did we need to discuss? Um, um, Villa have signed Coutinho and Luca Digne. Um, oh, oh yeah, Rafa hate Digne so much. He was like, I hate you, you're our best player, but I would rather play... Mason Holgate. Yeah, Mason Holgate, sure. No, they signed yep. some Ukrainian left back. I don't know. I, uh, no, no idea. And they signed El Ghazi from Villa. Oh, it wasn't part of the deal. It was like a one-in-one-out situation. That, that's like um, Andy Robertson technically only cost four million because uh, we sold Hull City Kevin Stewart on the same day. I think it's like when we signed Cantona and um, Fergie phoned up asking about a different player, got pushed back. I can't remember who he was asking about, but then said, oh, but what about Cantona? But I feel like yeah. this is actually Villa going the other right. way and be like, look, we won't sell you Buendia, but I've just found out we still have El Ghazi. He's going cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like... and, and they went, who? And they went, yeah, you'll you love him. He's a great player. Uh, it was a very much an Ali an Ali Dyer sort of situation. <clears throat> what's going on with Rafa Benitez as a Liverpool fan? Like, what's going on here? Because Everton are terrible, really terrible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Rafa Benitez. I can't work the inner mechanisms of his mind. But um, I've always, I've always sort of wondered. I mean, I, I, I highly doubt he's gone in to purposely sabotage the club. <laughs> Surely not. But um, from the outside looking in, it's very much what it looks like. He's selling the, um, <laughs> you know, like Adina, and he's bringing in El Ghazi, who I haven't heard of in about, I'd say, two years. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I wonder will he even last the full season at this stage. He has to, surely, doesn't he? I feel like he's on the brink. Like I it don't really. really... Like that. Yeah. So there you go. And Anwar El Ghazi joins Everton on loan from Aston Villa. So so it's just a loan as well. Yeah. Like it does seem a bit weird. Like I don't know if Rafa's just lost his magic because me and you off of podcast have had many a heated debate 
where you defend Rafa Benitez's time at Newcastle and claim that he's the best manager they ever had. And, and all this, that and the other. And I say he did pretty much no better than Steve Bruce. <laughs> but then you watch him at Everton with a bigger budget, better players, and he can't. they can't pass sideways, forward, backwards. Kick, again, so. I, 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 I <laughs> goal kick, <laughs> give the ball away. Um, I, I think again to be fair, we have to remember he's only in there since the summer. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't been there for like two or three seasons. I, I always find that. Um, I don't want to go all sort of Gary Neville. He signed Solomon Rondon. I, <laughs> well, what did you expect? It's Rafa Benitez. That's like um, that's like Harry Redknapp like Nico signing Nico Crancher. Yeah. Going, why is he signing Nico Crancher? He's forty-eight. Um, Redknapp, come on! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Harry Redknapp do like manage like a five-a-side team in London and just get like Nico Crancher, yeah, Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe, <laughs> <Jermaine> Defoe. <laughs> uh, Sam Allardyce would get Yaskalainen, uh, Kevin oh, Nolan. God, Yaskalainen, what a player! <laughs> Um, uh, I've got, what were we talking about? Uh, Rafa Benitez, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, what point was I trying to make? What was I talking about? You were saying about how he's the best uh, manager Everton's ever had. Yes. Um, I, I, I always kind of looked at when Ancelotti took over. I had one of those sort of moments where I was like, if Ancelotti can't do something with that club, I don't know if anyone can. Because it's not yeah. like they don't have the investment. Do you know what I mean? They've spent a lot of money in the last like six, seven years. And they've blown it on fucking Balassi for thirty million. Oh my word! They um, did a few fancy uh, flicks, but um, Johnny Everton should be what like Leicester are. Do you know what I mean? That they should be. Me, they, should, they should be. A, Villa are now. Like, and, and let's be. That's a slightly misleading because when you look where Villa actually are on the table, they're not actually doing that great. Um, but they seem to be making moves. But maybe that'll be the same situation, and Villa won't go anywhere. Maybe. Um, but like Everton have no reason why they can't be above West Ham. Do you know what I mean? They've they've been in the Premier League since its inception. Really. They they were part of the original football league, like we found out about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> they were part of the group that wanted to run away and create the Premier League. And um, they've just they've just done nothing. They have done absolutely nothing no. for coming up to thirty years. They are they're like you don't even want to call them the glue, but I don't know what they are. You know they're they're like. I, what? You know when you just got a chair in the corner of a room? Okay. It's just there, it's old, but it feels comfy. I feel like that's kind of everything. You know you're watching the Premier League. It's kind of dusty. It's never done anything. It's got pieces of clothes all over it that you're not bothered to put away. It doesn't really work. It's it's just yeah. It's missing a leg. Yeah, but you don't you don't want to throw it away because it's always been there. There we go. <laughs> So if you learn nothing else, Everton are just a nasty old chair in the corner. I know what they are. When I rented my first flat when I moved out, there was this really weird lamp in there. And it was a really tall lamp. But it had like one bulb in it and it was a halogen bulb. And so a halogen bulb means it's super bright and it also lets out a lot of heat. Okay. So they're, they're terrible. But I was like, I'm going to leave it there. It's just in the corner. It might be useful. And but when that light bulb goes, I'm chucking it because I'm not buying a, <laughs> a right. super expensive light bulb for this weird ass lamp. I and I was in that flat for like this four years, I think. And it never went. <laughs> but it also never did anything useful. I never used it. Well, like very rarely. 
Right. That's Everton. It's there. There you go. It never does anything. They're You're ready to chuck it at any moment. Halogen <laughs> lamp. That's yeah. our damn t-shirt. That you're um, not sure how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of yeah. Speaking of um, clubs making ludicrous signings, Chris Wood, uh, despite having a market value of I think like six million, has gone for his release clause, which was was it twenty five or thirty? Twenty five million. Chris Wood is a £25 million striker. Yep. Chris Wood of, of Burnley fame. Very good player. Let, let's not let's not diminish him first. He was incredible for Leeds for the couple of seasons he was there. Burnley signed he's him and he's a, been he's great. Legend. Yeah, he's been great for he's been great for Burnley as well. He's kind of been in the Premier League. He's got fifty three goals for Burnley in hundred and sixty five appearances. Which is very good. That's I mean I bad. think it's it's when you look at stats these days because you know players like uh, Salah, for instance, or like who else? I suppose like Kane, they score almost in every game. Almost, you sort of you have to realize that these players are like world class elite players. Mm. That's that's a good record as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's that's not bad at all, especially when you consider Burnley. Like they're a very they're a really strange side because on paper they look nowhere near it, but they've been in the Premier League. <laughs> consistently for what like five seasons now in a row five yeah, six seasons? 16 17 they came back up and they've been in they've only missed one premier yes. league season since this is 14, their 15. sixth premier league season in a row and their most expensive signing ever was what like ben gibson or something yeah it was wasn't it yeah or it's probably <laughs> that i don't even think it's that max corney who's gone to the african cup of nations so Chris Wood signed for Newcastle for 25 million as a 30-year-old. But he has only got three goals this season in 21 <laughs> appearances. So you know what? Maybe it's going to be great for Burnley, but I do think that probably relegates Burnley. Yeah. One thing I did see as well is that Chris Wood is the third most expensive striker, age 30 or over, ever to be sold, behind Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Do you want to hazard a guess as to who the second one is? It's a tough, it's a toughie. Is it a toughie, is it? It's not obvious, like. Oh, not obvious. Who's not obvious? A striker, 30 plus. And would have gone for, what, 25 million or more? Something like that, yeah. I think it was like 29, I think. I'll, I'll give you the year. The, I think it was like the year 2000. Oh, goodness. I've got no idea then. Les Ferdinand. Gabriel Batistuta. Oh, that, that was my next guess. Fiorentina <laughs> um, legend. Weird. The Ronaldo one's not weird because he'll probably <laughs> sign Ronaldo at 50 and he's going to get you 20 goals. Yeah, uh, he still posts Chris Wood numbers. <laughs> in one. Um, he posts Chris Wood numbers in six months. This is an interesting stat that I'll throw at you. I probably messaged it to you at the time. But for the year 2021, Barcelona and Juventus' top goal scorers were Ronaldo and Messi, <laughs> who left halfway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Messi one, all right. I haven't seen the Ronaldo and Juventus as well. That's bad. That's <laughs> mad. For two clubs, I would consider the sort of like elite clubs of European football as well. Yeah, so that's that's crazy. Juventus' second highest goal scorer, obviously, was Aaron Ramsey. It was <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I was thinking it was Mar- it was Maratta, I think. Right, right. right. I think Barcelona's was Gruden. No, it wasn't. It can't have been Griezmann. I think I think it you know what it was. It was Messi, then it was Griezmann. It definitely was. I remember it was seeing Messi, that. and then it was Messi again. Yeah, 
Uh, I think it's Memphis. I think Memphis is their highest scoring player besides that. But their top two was Messi and Griezmann. Oh, I'd love to see it. Oh, man. And, and again, these pe- you know these people who go, oh, it's so bad to see Barcelona, you know, failing and doing bad. They're such a historical club. I don't care. I find it hilarious. Nope. Not if they were to be dis- dissolved tomorrow, I would love it. <laughs> it's weird because I, I think the Ferran Torres thing has done it for me because I looked at Barcelona's situation. I had some sympathy because I was like, oh, the owners have run this club into the ground. Blah, 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 blah. But I think it's like you reach that point where you can only help someone so much. And then when they got a massive bank loan and splurge it on Ferran Torres and whoever else and then try to get Morata, you just like go, there's no help in these people. It's like it's like in America where a, a druggies break into vets to steal with like the poor dog's medicine <laughs> to get high on. You're like, there's no help for you anymore. <laughs> that's can't. what uh, that's what the Spanish pundits have been uh, using as an analogy as well. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You just can't you just can't help you can't help them. And then Laporte had said in an interview, he was like, "We're back. We're making these deals." You, you are. <laughs> it's like, and maybe, maybe you're you'll, still here. <laughs> maybe you'll sign Haaland. Maybe they will, but it's not. Gonna, they're over a billion euros in debt. Yeah, it's not. It's not looking good. Uh, even the stadium, isn't it? The stadium's not doing too good at the minute either. I, I, I don't really care. Do you know what no. I mean? If I couldn't really care less. Um, and I, I've, I've had my say on Barcelona before. I don't think they're a historical club. I think before Cruyff came in, like what was it, like '92 or whatever, um, they they had done nothing. They they had done nothing in their history. Um, and without Messi, they're a, I don't want to say a tin pot. You're talking just at Valencia. Wow. At time of recording, we've probably timed this quite badly because Liverpool are about to play in like an hour and 15 minutes whilst we're speaking. But um, uh, what, are your, what are your expectations for the League Cup League Cup tonight, given that let's, let's go through a list of the players that are missing from both sides. Um, Ubamiang is missing through... through um, Oh, what a shame. Because he's Arteta at the be, Cup and Nations. Um, Arteta will be devastated on that yeah, one. Yeah, not sure he was going to play anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's not been picked by his country. He's actually just there to watch. <laughs> he, knew he, was, <laughs> he knew he was going to have the month off. Um, Egypt are really lacking midfielders because El Nene is missing through national selection. Um, oh, no. Thomas Partey is uh, just missing. Uh, Nicolas Pepe is... Uh, missing i saw that he got benched yesterday uh because max because max corne uh was starting in his place right. like the burnley sometimes left back sometimes winger um but then we go to liverpool uh tiago missing salah missing uh mané missing um would you believe it nabi kaita is not going to be playing tonight oh see what yeah um yep comedic time and beautiful from uh gibbons there um, yeah, I saw I saw Thiago. I just, someone sent it to me, but they said uh, he's out with a hip injury. I was like, all right, a hip injury. What's that? A couple of weeks. Could be out for the full season. Klopp has come out and said, um, no, he won't be out for the full season. That doesn't mean nothing. That, 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 that means nothing. So mean are you, you going to start the kids again like you did in the FA Cup? It would just be like, oh, you're going to start Oxlade Chamberlain. Do you know, it will be. It'll some be guy. Tyler Morton. Uh, Nathaniel Phillips will be put into holding midfield. Oh no, he he's uh he's missing for a head injury. Right. According to this. That that doesn't sound like Nathaniel Phillips. I feel like he'd play on 
you know that picture of, I think it's Terry Butcher, where he has the mm. the bandage on the head, the blood point. Don't say that's, it. That's, Don't that's compare Nathaniel Phillips. That's, ex- that's exactly No, he's probably not actually got a head injury. Someone just probably gave him a complicated maths problem and it's blown his mind. <laughs> well, he is from Bolton. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to our massive fan base. So, it's really funny. Tonight, the... The, the two lineups, the historic semi final of the English League Cup, and the biggest threats on the pitch are Lacazette and Ox. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, this is one thing I do always remember. I remember we played City in 2012, January 2012, in the League Cup semi final. And I remember they were missing like Yaya Torre and I think someone else. And it's just like this falls in such a horrible time because it's when you, yeah. some of your best players could possibly be gone. So it means. I don't say it means nothing, but it certainly diminishes the tournament a bit. It is played well. The World Cup is going to be the same, except we're going to suspend all the football because heaven forbid the English players are missing. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, for the World Cup, but the entire continent of Africa doesn't qualify for maybe taking a couple of weeks off. Well, like Jurgen Klopp said, it's a small little tournament. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. If no one knows that quote, then they're just going to think. I hope someone sat there and gone, Jurgen Klopp's racist. <laughs> it's all of Africa. Yeah, so we're quite lucky. We, we don't really. Like, we're going to obviously miss Eric Bailly, but he was probably injured anyway. Because um, even if he was fit, he wanted to play. <laughs> we, we've got to squeeze Victor Lindelof in the side still. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, we talk about Till Jones coming back and being the best Timothy player on the goddamn pitch. Yeah, he, he had a beautiful assist. I remember that much. Was that against Wolves? I think it was. Yeah, I mean, we didn't score. So we lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, well well done to Phil Jones. That's quite cool to see. Two years out through... Um, and like his last three appearances have all been in different years, I believe. <laughs> Something like that. Decades. 20, <laughs> probably at this stage. <laughs> 2022, I think, 2019 and 2020. So I think he missed the entire calendar yeah. year. He had, he had some hor- horrific injuries, apparently. I didn't realise he'd had, like, five surgeries in that time. I didn't know. I thought he was just dropped. <laughs> oh, no, there was a time where he was injured for, like, an entire that. year, and he had, like, he did an interview about it. He said he had, I can't think it was, like, four or five surgeries he ended up having to have. Right. Jamie Redknapp syndrome, is that what it's called? Yeah, because I think Phil Jones is in the last year has played more than Jamie Redknapp ever did. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to be fair, <laughs> don't forget Jamie Redknapp, the man who missed the full season and still went up and lifted the FA Cup. <laughs> in really, a shirt and tie. In really a shirt and tie. <laughs> John terry did. it. Just had like a tearaway <laughs> suit. It's just like full kit, ran up there. <laughs> Might as well have. Um, but yeah, we, we touched on it briefly. Um, AFCON. Um, I'd say we should finish with um, the the manic situation oh, that happened when I'm still sort of none the wiser as to what actually went on. But the referee blew the full-time whistle, despite something like, you know, like was it like nine substitutes, three VAR checks, three goals, something like that? It was rubbish. So this was Tunisia versus Mali. So massive, Mali... Massive match. Oh, huge. Like, you had a... Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably still starting for Mali. Mali actually have a decent side looking at it now. They got a really good side. They got really, yeah. They're out there. They're out there. Go, go, on, go, Mali. go them. Jimmy Fiore was also from Mali. 
they got two people called Adama Traore in the starting oh, lineup. Okay, right. Is that the same guy or? <laughs> no, no. What have they right. just? Got... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They but... only have ten footballers. <laughs> they got Musa Gineppo, who plays for Southampton. They got Hidara, who plays for Leipzig. Uh, they got another Hidara who plays for don't know that logo. Oh, do a think... but Lens, Lens in front. See the one who used to play for Newcastle. Is that the same Hidara? Ooh, I know he was like. You. He, you are right. You are right. That Hidara, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they got a decent little lineup. It looks like. So go then. They're my new favourites to win the whole tournament. The whole goddamn go thing. Go on, Mali. Better than Egypt. Putting everything. Putting everything on them. But anyways, the uh, the incident. <laughs> Enough about our sort of patriotism for Mali for some reason. Um, it was it was weird. I I believe the referee blew for some reason the eighty fifth minute. I don't. I mean, as informative as I usually am, I don't know why. <laughs> so the referee blew the full time whistle before the end of the ninety minutes and therefore added no injury time, despite VAR being required on three separate occasions. It looks as though the two sides will return to the field to play the remaining few minutes, but Tunisia, who were incensed by the officials' error, refused to continue. Uh, so, yeah, the, the match just never got played out. Mali won because of a penalty um, in the yeah in the, in the 48th minute. So, yeah, bad. But I believe, Dara, you've got some other classic examples yeah. of uh, the refs not being able to read a watch. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it got me thinking, what if some of my sort of, um, the most that stand out to me were the referee sort of, there was a bit of, um, what sort of dubious circumstances around the uh, full-time whistle. Um, and I, the first one I've gone for is the most, I think the most, well, not fam- infamous, I, I suppose, moment. It's the 1978 World Cup and Brazil are playing Sweden. The match is 1-0 and they have a corner with the last kick of the game. And as opposed to the referee letting the corner to be cleared, Literally, as the ball is kicked, he's he's blown the whistle for full time, and then I, Zico, I believe, um, scores a header from it. Scores, uh, you know, the keeper is trying and everything. So the keeper gave up. Uh, but but the referee he was English, Clive Thomas. Again, I should have done proper research. But he um, he blew, <laughs> he blows the whistle as the ball is mid air, heading towards Zico, and then Zico scores with the resulting header. But the match finished one one, and I know that. 1978 World Cup, Argentina won it. I think they played Holland in the final, so that could have had, could <laughs> that could have done something to the. Do you know that was the only World Cup 1978 where they did a they did a second group stage as opposed to like oh, a God. quarterfinal semi-final. So I'd say that probably messed around with that a small Jesus. bit. Jesus, that sounds like the well. stupidest idea ever. They done that in the Champions League. Do you remember that? Like relatively recent. Yeah. I think like 2000. And, Early It's stupid. Uh, the second one, one of my um, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite moments. It's um, you know, a, a little known match called the Merseyside Derby, 1999. Um, Goodison Park, Liverpool away. In the last kick of the game, uh, Sander Vestervelt, Liverpool goalkeeper, is kicking the ball away from a goal kick, and it hits the back of I think it's Don Hutchison, who was a former Liverpool player as well. Hits the back of Don Hutchison and trickles into the net. But uh, luckily, good old Graham Paul was there to blow his whistle. Literally, as the ball is like about to cross the line, he just completely bottles it, and he and he just blows for the full time whistle. And um, I love it. It's it's one of my favourite moments. You've got the Everton fans 
surrounding um, surrounded the referee and uh, sort of added a bit of sort of salt to the um, bit of salt to the fire. I don't think that's the same, but um, salt, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> salt to the fire. Uh, but you know, if I know Everton fans as well as I think they do, I'm sure they got over it straight away and didn't uh, talk about it for the next uh, <laughs> however long. Well, 1999 also had another Merseyside derby, didn't it? One where uh, Stevie G, Stevie got, G yeah. got sent off. So did Sander Vesterveld. <laughs> the one where um, the last time Everton beat uh, Liverpool, uh, wasn't it until, was it this year? No, last year. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Um, yep, um, that's the game where Kevin Campbell scored the winner after like eight minutes and Steve Staunton had to go and go for the final like five or so minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen that recently enough when an outfield player, I could be completely wrong, <laughs> but I can't remember an outfield player going in goal relatively recently. You're probably oh, talking Walker did not long ago. A few, a few seasons ago though. I feel like it feels like something that should happen at least once a season. Ooh, I feel like it probably has happened recently because I feel like I read something about it, but it, it might have been something else. But yeah, Rio Ferdinand went in goal at one point, didn't he? Yeah, John O'Shea also, I remember. John O'Shea. John Terry did. Uh, Phil Jagielka at Sheffield United. It's one of my favourite one. He made a good few saves. Um, yeah, and I, I think the, the most recent famous example of a referee bottling full-time was um, United Brighton. Uh, to, to 2021, I think that was. That was two. Oh, yeah, because we already, had, we already had Bruno. So, uh, yes, it was the yeah, start of last season. It was. I was up in Dublin, so it definitely was. But I remember I wasn't watching the match, but you know, when you have the Sky Sports app and I see United yeah. winning a match, so I have to celebrate it. Full time comes up, you're thinking, brilliant, put the phone away. Then you go on social media afterwards and you see, yeah. Um, I've I've never understood that though because if the referee is blown for full time, isn't that the end of the match? I think it gets into blurry territory because the referee can still give out yellow and red cards after the full time whistle. But can he give goals? That's the apparently so. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I guess if, if VAR because if VAR starts looking at something and then the match ends, but they haven't finished their investigation. I guess the rule, I don't know if they've changed the rule now, but presumably that meant they still haven't made a decision on that incident. So the referee, should the referee have carried on, the referee really should have carried on the game until VAR said, we're done with this, all good. Uh, Exactly. So Uh, what I'm saying is it's the ref's fault and Brighton weren't hard done by it. They just shouldn't have uh, committed the atrocity that they did that I can't remember. uh, I'm going to say handball. I feel like it was definitely a handball. (laughs) Probably. Everything Probably. Was a ha- that season, everything was a fucking handball. This <laughs> <Everything laughs> is the worst season United. in the world. <laughs> well, there's that season where you just like, it, it felt like every week Bruno was uh, doing his little hop and skip. It was because we 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 went through this phase where we were just a Dan James on the right, Rashford on the left, and then Pete, we would just run at people. And <laughs> then every now and then they would trip one of us up. There you go. That's exact. Like, yeah, you talk about that. So I was always oblivious as to how we had Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, and we win like no penalties anymore. Because you it's don't run at people. Very you? rare. You're too busy you passing like idiots, winning games <laughs> through skill rather than sheer speed. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing more joyous than a penalty kick. So I'd I'd give up on the whole possession based system. And we've had a few recently. Penalties. Ronaldo scored two. 
two in a row in games to give us wins against someone. Yep. One against Norwich and one against Newcastle, I think. We'll go with because I was ner- I was more nervous about the Newcastle one because Tim Krul was in goal. So it gives you flashbacks to when Van Howe sent him on in the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, you mean Norwich? <laughs> yeah, when Van Howe took Norwich to the final of the World Cup. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He said Tim yeah, Krul yeah, at Newcastle. <laughs> he probably Tim Krul at Norwich. Been at every club <laughs> ever. He, he's he been at Norwich for ages. Yeah, and he's at Newcastle for ages before that. Yeah, but it made yeah. me think, oh, God, Tim Cook's going to fucking save this. But I remembered he's about, he must be about 48 by now. <laughs> and that, that's how it works. If you're over 45, you actually can't save a penalty in the Premier League yep. by law. As Buffon found out. <laughs> <laughs> a man older than time. He's, I think he's at Palmer again. He is, isn't he? I, yeah. I think he must be the second oldest man on the planet after David Attenborough. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> He is a, is he he must be the only one left that's been on every single FIFA. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. no, Ryan Giggs was that for a long time. Then, but then I don't know how Tarsi, old Tarsi don't know how old well. Buffon is. Would he have no, I don't think he would have been on the first FIFA. Because I reckon I he still would have been at Palmer and they were probably in League Two. It's oh. uh, what is it? It's FIFA ninety six, I think it is, where they got the license for the clubs. And I remember Tati was the one after Giggs. So, yeah, maybe Buffon isn't, actually, because I feel like the thing I saw was Tati is the only player to have done this. So, yeah, I think we're I think we're right. I don't I think, think Buffon's Buffon. definitely been on the most FIFAs of active players by now. Oh, definitely. Oh, by fair, yeah, yeah. So it's that Japanese player who just signed on for another year in the J-League, but in the second division, who's going to be 55? No, he's down to the fourth division. Oh, is he? Oh. Yeah, so it's it's not really... I, I would know. sign him <laughs> if he was on FIFA. Every career mode, he would be my first signing. <laughs> I used, yeah, I used to just um, back in the like FIFA 12 days, I used to just sign any like 40 year old goalkeeper. I don't know if you remember Hilton from Portal. Yeah, I used to always sign him. I don't know why. It's because there's no point having like if you start a career mode and you've got a relative like if you've got Allison at the minute and you need to like chop your wage bit on FIFA you're just going to chop your second goalkeeper and just get any fuck because they're never going to play <laughs> just get an old yeah an old book because they're always their value is always zero I remember Buffon's value Buffon was like I think it was still like eight I'm talking FIFA 18 now he was 88 overall and his value was zero Oh, yeah. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you sign him? Well, that's what United do. We got Lee Grant and Tom Heaton. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Dean Henderson, David De Gea, our third choice and fourth choice will fail. <laughs> Die. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. I think we're rambling a bit. <laughs> Probably, but guys, be sure you don't die mid-season because uh, class at a time. We'll be back. We're gonna try our best just to at some point. <laughs> yeah, to try to try and do this weekly now. We're gonna be more committed than we've ever been to this podcast before, probably. Uh but yeah, you can find us on Twitter at plus underscore added. Uh you can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Dari, you don't have any social media, but are there any local businesses you no. want to shout out? Yeah, last week well not last week, last year it was uh, <laughs> It was uh, Raffles, <laughs> Raffles up in uh, Glasnevin. This week I'm going for the Hideout Pool, Pool Hall, which is on William Street in Dublin. So um, make sure to. Um, I was there. I was there like two days ago, 
and they do a thing where like you don't like uh, put in a quid for the pool table you like book the table for however long you're there they have you on a timer and i completely lost track of time i ended up being there for two and a half hours and i ended up paying 26 euro <laughs> to play pool all right, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. If they've got Twitter, I'm gonna tag them with this episode. <laughs> and let's see, let's see if we can get that 26 euros back for a bit of sweet <laughs> podcast exposure. You know who I am. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good week. Hope Liverpool lose. Bye now. Hello.